What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Beyond the Block. This is episode 103. It is Ab and Trux Harris and Yuri C. This is an interview. This is the past interview that we did with Susan Cummings about a few months ago, right before the release of her project, Pediverse. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing project. Um, she is the founder of Rockstar Games and 2K Sports Games that I have grew up on. I want you guys to check this out. Uh, let me know what you think. Leave your comments. Peace. It's Beyond the Block. Abby Harris and Yuri C. To actually, I want to talk about a few things um, about you. I would like to talk about your history, where you come from. At 7 p.m. your time. 7 p.m. whose time? My time. Oh, okay. So New yeah. York time. Okay. Yeah. Midnight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was. It's so funny because I was saying, okay, it's three o'clock. I was trying to figure out the time in between our yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a few things. One, um, when you came to the Oracle, and I seen where you come from, being the co-founder of Rockstar Games and Two K Sports. Um, my question to you is. Back in those times, what made you, what what was the concept around that? Because for me, Grand Theft Auto was the first introduction into like almost like a metaverse. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys was very progressive in your thinking. And what made you guys think like that or, or even go into that space? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 GTA totally was. It's funny when I talk now about metaverses and, you know, why they're kind of empty you know, there isn't much to do in any of these metaverses yet. It is because it's a sandbox. And that's, you know, and, and GTA was one of the first to order them. And, you know, they're they're expensive and time-consuming to build a craft to build. That's why not many of them have been very good. You know, everyone wanted to be the next Grand Theft Auto, and there never was a next Grand Theft Auto. It was just Grand Theft Auto, yeah. you know? And um, so it's, it's one of the reasons why I think we need to just give those times give those projects time to hopefully bake. Like we're not going to see any of them anytime soon, you know, in terms of real traction and gameplay and, and, and everything else. Um, you know, we, we're, we're focused on the, the plumbing instead, how we, how we can get between these metaverses, regardless of what blockchain they're on. So that's, you know, that, that's our approach because we just don't think destinations exist yet. So we're focused on smaller experiences and making it possible to bring these pets into those experiences. But we're not, yeah, we're not hold on, hold on, wait. I didn't want you. I didn't want you to touch a form meta, um, Pediverse yet, because okay. yeah, yeah, because um, I come from gaming. Like I'm, I'm from the the Pac-Mans and the Centipedes, the Coleco Visions, the Ataris, the Commodore 64. That's where I come from. So to be a part of um, those game, your games that you have created that basically changed how we play games how we interact with games like my first time going into a online experience was i think was maybe xbox and i bought uh i started out with rainbow six i played it i gave it to my friend i didn't think nothing of it i come back to his house probably about a week later he's playing online i'm like you playing online like what who you talking to it was just like the most amazing concept but you guys had that concept and thought way back then. And I'm just I'm just curious, it's like knowing what you wanted back then, and we gotta be talking about 
when was the first of all when was the conceptualized idea of those games when did that start did it start in the gta one you know i i i met the people who became rockstar games before there was a rockstar games um when gta one was about to ship and it was i don't know if you ever played it i think it's the most charming of all the grand theft auto games to be honest it's 2d top down um you know the developer uh was was dma which became rockstar north and that would have been in 1997. okay 97. And then, uh, then there was GTA 2. Like it really, it never really took off until GTA 3, until it became console. You know, it was what sold that PlayStation. And um, let me know, ask you GTA a question: Did the Scarface theme have anything to do with it? Yeah, all of those things did. You know, Sam Hauser, you know, who's the you know executive producer on all of that, and was involved since the beginning. Used all those things as inspiration. It was funny. Like that's why. Like Hollywood was always desperate to make a movie out of Grand Theft Auto, and he always said no. And the main reason was is Grand Theft Auto was a completely referential parody of all those films. How do you make a film about a referential parody of films, you know, of, of all these things? And so it never made any sense. It's like, because yeah, all of that, Godfather, Scarface, hip hop culture, everything, you know, was, a, was, was, was an inspiration for, the, for the, the creative guys making Grand Theft Auto. I'm not gonna lie, those soundtracks is still is still classic, yeah. and they will still probably be in my play. And the radio Canada. stations, Laszlo, the guy who did all the radio stations uh, for Grand Theft Auto, uh, he was awesome. You know, we all got to be on it. The whole staff, you know, got to fill some of the roles on the radio station, pedestrians and things like that. Well, that that is really really cool. So now moving into where where technology has changed. So that's 1997. We're talking right now 2003. The game is still relevant to this day, <coughs> right? Now you have pivoted to Pediverse. Could you please explain what Pediverse is and what made you come up with that concept? The Pediverse is about the pets themselves. Like we're we've sort of evolved past considering ourselves a game developer for a while now you know we um four years ago i guess it was we um, my partner and i uh, won a big government grant in the uk after we moved our business over here to work with a few companies to work with Ardman, the guys who created bubbles from it on a series of bleeding edge ar experience experiments and storytelling and so already we were kind of migrating away from being a game development studio into things like mixed reality and learning ar and vr and things like that uh, so Pediverse isn't, isn't about a specific game, and it's amazing how many times I've tried to explain that to investors and partners and whoever, press, and they still, after I get through the whole thing, they still want to think about a game. Like, so when's the game coming? Despite the fact that I spent an hour explaining it wasn't about a specific game. Um, you know, this is a, this is a we're, we're building an ecosystem, really. You know, we, we have always felt that what's most fundamentally compelling about Web3 and why I believe it will ultimately change everything, you know, as far as how we think about ownership, is digital ownership, is the fact that we've always rented our things in, in the digital world, unlike the physical world. And what, what, what kind of power and resilience can we unlock when it's yours and it isn't reliant on the creator? And so we've always been captivated by that. And the reason we're building the project is because of digital ownership, because of interoperability, so, because ownership doesn't mean anything if you can't do anything with it, so where can you take it? And then composability. What tools do we need to give the world to be able to create content long after we're gone for these pets? You know, the inspiration is Nintendogs and Tamagotchi and the fact that 
these were things that people bonded with and thought were theirs, but they weren't. Nintendogs is 24 million dogs trapped on an old DS that no one uses anymore in an old art style. And that would be a massive install base for content creators if, if those Nintendogs were Web3 Nintendogs. And so, um, so we've, we've, we've built the Pediverse as these, these digital pets, which don't have to be pets. You know, they can be monsters, robots, zombies, whatever the hell you want, another human, yeah. uh, anything that you want to bring with you to accompany you in the, in the Metaverse. Right. And so we've, you know, we have an open standard that we've created for how we define what we need to know about this thing that we want to bring with us. We've built it to be able to work across any blockchain that ever exists. And we've built it to be infinitely uh, reinterpretable in different art styles. And so Nintendogs doesn't happen anymore because now it doesn't matter what the device is. It doesn't matter what the blockchain is. And it doesn't even matter that art styles have progressed since then. This will always stay resilient. Um, and so alongside the pets themselves, we're building the first sort of suite of interoperable experiences. The first one is going to be ready at Mint. It's already approved by Apple. Uh, leading edge IR, because that's one of the things that, you know, we're, we're talented at. Um, but then after we launch that and over the course of this year, we'll be continually releasing experiences for the pets. We're also going to let everyone else use that tech stack so that an existing game that's built on Unity can add our, our pet system and, and get another place to bring the pets. Or if someone just wanted to create something from scratch, someone wanted to create a Pac-Man game built around Pediverse pets, they could do that. Unity Asset Store plus our tech stack, go. And so that's where, you know, when you think about Roblox, it's about creation, it's about like empowerment. And so that that's what Pediverse is. That's the best summary I can give you about so, what so, you know, You know what? Um, once again, this is a revolutionizing thing because everybody is stuck in tech and is stuck in this web three world and they stuck and then it's like stuck with an adoption of what chain to go on with with platform to go on but you figured it out to broaden it all the way across and you created a digital um it's like a it's like a a digital friend right that you can carry all over the place and Forever. Once and again, yeah. Once again, that revolutionized thinking ahead. Right here, you go again because it started in '97 that brought you here. Like this concept and idea is really, really, it's a, it's amazing that that you guys came up with this. I've been psyched about the project ever since I seen it. Well, first of all, I know how pet lovers are. Pet lovers are. are some people love their pets more than more than their children. We all know uh, what I mean. <laughs> Leonie Helmsley, who gave her millions to her pet and yeah, not her, 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 her family. I just seen the documentary on uh, Netflix about this guy who had this dog that he spends millions of dollars on and he got people to feed the dog and travel the dog. So that's the first thing that I know that will bring adoption in with what you got going on because people with pets is thinking about their pets they're not thinking about technology the problem that we have now with web3 they keep putting technology in front of the regular traditional thing you're you're giving digital companions yeah the, all these web3 projects i was i was talking about this on the twitter space last night and today about how all these projects are so freaking confusing like the meme land thing that just launched and, 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 and all that they're all like, they're all hidden with all these, we burn this and you combine it with that, then you can get one of these and you can get, what? 
the doodles thing and the, the doodle replicator and I, I my eyes glazed over as i was trying to read the medium page i was explaining how it works like it doesn't have to be so complicated oh. and the masses are never going to understand any of that like we need to make it simple super simple commercial pets are simple yes 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 okay so now Virtual pets, that was the concept of the idea of where it came from and how it spreads to all the platforms. Um, so you guys are launching when? Uh, end of this month. Uh, <laughs> we're just waiting for our, our smart contract uh, audit to, to get the thumbs up from Quants down. We're making a couple of tweaks and we've been doing a lot of testing on our platform, you know, to for you know exploits and stuff. There's been so many bad things happening. So soon we get the, my CTO is reasonably confident that we're gonna we're gonna hit the end of the month like we expect to um which you know so it'll be like the last couple of days of february um there'll be a week-long uh period of a few cycles of mints and then and then the unboxing the following week okay i just want to back it up a little bit the process of um of just thinking about creating a digital companion where did that come from and why was that um important about this project, uh, you know, it came out of uh, out of the back of, of, of the the AR work that we were doing. Um, it was a really complex project that people had a hard time getting their heads around. And uh, I had a we came out of that with a couple of employees, and um, I I said to I thought it'd be really cool. I, I got really captivated by lidar to be honest, and and what was possible with you know with an iPhone Pro, and uh, I said to Lee, we need to get a cat up and running in a space and show what's possible there. Jumping up on a surface, running around a corner and all this stuff that people don't realize that their, their phone can do. Um, but I did not want to be confined to um, a specific experience or type of experience. So I said, Lee, how can we do that? Like, how could we make a digital pet, but make it irrelevant where you wanted to bring it? And um, he said to me, if we, uh, you know, as, as my design half, if we thought about this in Web3 terms, um, we could define a blueprint uh, for what we need to know about the pet, and then you could reinterpret it any any which way, and um, bring it in different art styles on different platforms, etc. So that was really the beginning of it. Um, you know, was was, was that? So, so we, just, we want the flexibility to make lots of experiences for it, not just not just one. And so it was our use case. And then we realized that if we were thoughtful about it, we could make it so that you know we weren't the gatekeepers of that. Okay. And, and that's one of the things that I'm... We're the when it comes down to it, especially my partner. You know, we're very focused on, you know, we think that there's a big financial win for us still in doing the right thing and being able to make it easy for everybody to be involved, even if that means short term, you know, that we're giving up certain revenue. In the long run, we think that these things will lead to the relevance of the project. Look at Yuga. Yuga could have kept the commercial rights to their apes. They could have kept the marketing rights. Instead, they gave sole license, and we're also doing sole license for our pets for the same reason. We, we, we know that there's money to be made in keeping those rights, but we think that the relevance of the project broadens dramatically when you empower everybody else to do stuff with their, their pet too. They become your, you know, your cheerleaders, your, 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 you know, your, you know, your community, your uh, shareholders. That, that, that's, that's what makes things go far. far. I always use that uh, concept I'm not only the head club for members, members, but I am. I, I wear it too. You know that whole that yeah, that yeah. that, that thing. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. I believe you that give the, people a reason to talk about you, a reason to care. You know, 
Yeah. Um, you, you see it, you know, you see it in, um, it was another Twitter space conversation. You see it in how much people are willing to talk about what they're excited about on Twitter. You know, part of it is just, you know, exuberance of a youthful space. Part of it is, if I'm going to buy this project, I want to make sure everyone else knows about it too, because that's good for me in the end. I'm, I'm like a shareholder. And so you see that ripple effect, you know, of, of I, I see it in terms of the quality of people that are discovering our project every day and then willing to talk about it, you know, in, in a noisy way on, you know, on Twitter spaces. And um, so it becomes a self-fulfilling thing. Yeah. It, you know, um, I, I just can't express how I'm excited about your project. Like, so since I heard oh. it. And, and, I got you a whitelist. I got it for Lou. I got it for Max. Have I sent you a whitelist invite? Like, do you, do you want to be on the whitelist for the of, mint? Of course, I would like to be on the whitelist. Let, let, me, let me do that right. Let me give that to you before I forget, because we're gonna we're gonna stop whitelisting pretty soon. Um, and this will get you onto, as I told Max, the VIP list to make sure that you get to mint. Which is, if you follow the link that I put you there in the okay. comments, that'll okay. that'll get you onto the whitelist. Okay. Uh, um, um, so, so quick question. I got a few more questions. Um, do you think that, that, uh, the things that the processes that you went through and the trials that you went through in the past dealing with video games, how, how was it in working to working with or, or completing the process of building out Pediverse? Well, I think that the biggest thing that impacted us was, you know, we, we, we were early on free to play mobile as well. And um, we did a game called Doctor Who Legacy, which did about 3 million installs. And we had no marketing budget. You know, the, the company was Lee and myself, and we had a tech team in Taiwan that co-invested in the project with us. And we were just going to share the revenue. We had no marketing budget. And the BBC did not really do a lot without being asked to help us. And so, you know, we did... <laughs> So they were, if I asked the right people, I was, but it became, it was all sheer force of will and willing to go to Doctor Who events. And we developed a promo code system to give people free stuff so that we didn't have to pay for marketing. We basically gave them stuff to get them in. All of that's super relevant to right now. So I, I know that uh, it takes stamina to do it that way. But right now, the good thing coming out of this, it's the only thing that works in, 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 in the crypto world. Marketing doesn't matter. Like your, your marketing budget, for the most part, doesn't do anything and people know they're being marketed to. And so instead, it's the, it's the squeaky, squeaky wheel that gets listened to, especially if you've got something legit to say. Yeah. And so it takes a lot of work, but it's really cool that crypto has become this, this, this leveling thing for everyone. And there are companies that have raised 10 times as much as us, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter in terms of the bottom line in the end. They might be able to be noisy, but it doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, be more successful because yeah. the marketing money, you know, isn't going to help you on Twitter. Now, here's the funny thing. A lot of people think that technology is its own thing and it's just going to create some all ultimate oasis and it's just going to be end all be all to the answer. And they don't really understand that nothing functions off a traditional business model and yeah. something that people want to be a part of and want to be not only just a part of our fans but they want to be um i don't want to say too much like cult type driven but it's just like you know it feels like a cult it totally feels like a cult and they want they want access they want you know they want to hear from the founder <laughs> and you know they want to be able to ask you questions and they want to know that you're going to stick around and, and be transparent and all that sort of stuff so yeah and i don't think i think a lot of web two folks coming into the space just don't appreciate this the nuance of this i didn't 
you know, a year ago I didn't either. Uh, it, you know, it was this we we really had to kind of throw out the playbook and learn learn a new one uh, to play in this world. And it's funny, you know, when, I, when Max and I caught up uh, about this like a month and a half ago as we were getting closer, and I told him kind of what I've learned and how we were approaching it. And he's like, "This is exactly what I keep trying to tell teams. Like the, the playbook you're playing by is what is the playbook right now. It's the only playbook that works." Um, and I had to really take a leap of faith on that, like the the marketing team that I work with in Los Angeles um, were the ones who really kind of educated us in, in, in the space and what it was going to take to, to be able to rise above the noise on the Twitter and things. And uh, it was a, for someone who just turned 50, it was a big And even just finding my voice, I remember Darwin saying to me, you know, what, you know, when we talked about the voice on Twitter and he was like, what, what, if you close your eyes, what does Pettiverse sound like? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't even know what to do with that question. And I get it now. Pettiverse has a voice. I have a very specific voice on, on, on Twitter. And uh, so all of this stuff, like just, it just took time. Uh, it makes me think that we're ahead because I think it's going to take a lot of game developers time to, to catch up and amass that, that knowledge. So, so what do you think about play to earn? I hate it. I wish it never existed. Uh, I think it's an embarrassment to our industry. And I think it's the reason we're uh, so reviled by so many gamers because it was, it was a Ponzi scheme. And I'm so glad that nobody talks about it. No one wants to call themselves play to earn anymore. You know, there's a new twist on it. Now it's play and earn, as Anamoka likes to say. It's, 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 I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not at all a fan. I think that there'll be an opportunity for lots of different business models, including the ability to earn from playing. That's down the road. Like right now, we need to focus on making fun, enjoyable experiences that people don't have to be paid to, to play. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree, and and it turns into a cesspool of just trash. It's like a bad spam, spam, spam. Oh, uh, totally. <laughs> totally. It's not sustainable, you know. And as soon as Axie stopped letting you farm their coin, the whole thing fell apart, you know. So people are in it for one reason, and uh, and they're not gamers, you know. No one, none of, no one was a gamer playing any of that stuff. It opened up a new market, uh, and it's funny. It's a new market that doesn't even quite understand how cool it can be you know one of the twitter spaces i, I go on with chris jordan on twitter who's great uh he's like oh come on you know this is why i discovered games was because of play to earn don't 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 pull all over it because it, it got people like me into the space it's like yeah but on the other hand dude you just told me that you spent all night playing fortnite yeah. like you don't earn money from playing fortnite you're playing it because it's fun yeah. and web3 can count for the same thing it's just not there yet so you don't have to be paid to you know to play it um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm very passionately uh, anti Twitter. Well, I, I didn't like it either. It's so funny because we had a guest to come to Crypto Mondays, right? <laughs> this is the funniest thing. We got about maybe about 100, 150 people in the room. And it, it got, after the fireside chat, we had um, <clears throat> Q&A, right? This one gentleman, I think the game is called it's light something, light years or light something. I'm not, really, but he got rugged from the game. <laughs> and he was actually at Crypto Mondays expressing all his issues. Start talking about how y'all got, how y'all got uh, 
50,000 Twitter followers, but y'all only got eight people that's in that's that's only talking in, in the chats, the Discord, and and it was just it was. Oh, there's so many Twitter accounts full of bots. It's horrific, you know. Even it's funny, like I I and and people get snowed by this stuff. There was a Twitter. These are nice guys, and I think they get it. But somebody was like, "Oh, you guys have 60,000 followers. You're doing it the right way." I looked at their 60,000 followers. And, you know, there's maybe 20 of them that I know. Like, and that's how I can tell if someone's legitimate because I've worked hard to get the right folks following us. If I see a hundred people in common, I'm like, okay, they're clearly working hard like I am to get to get those people, you know, and it sounds elitist, but it's just, you know, it's sort of work. Now, I got to jump in a minute for a phone call. Um, no, no, this, this, was, this was good enough. Uh, I just thank you. Sure. Um, uh, just last things, just tell people how they can find your game. Tell them how they can look up, look you guys up, look for the launch, how to join. And I'm going to just leave it like that. Like, you made my day today. I've been talking about you for months because oh, I, grew up, I grew up on the games that you made. Well, let me know if you come to Paris. It'd be fun if we could hang out in Paris, you know? Oh, oh without question. I plan on doing some type of... Yes, yes, yes. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Susan Cummins from Pediverse. That is a very, very exciting project. I'm just curious to where she's at now. The launch has already has happened. Uh, she should be a few weeks in the launch. And uh, this is Beyond the Block with Abby Harris and Yuri C. Check out some of the cool, exclusive interviews that we got from the who's who within the Web3 tech space. And uh, this is Beyond the Block. And I'll see you on the next show. Peace.